0: Welcome to the All In Football Podcast Euro Special Part 2. Believe it or not, the tournament ended nearly three weeks ago at the time of recording and it has taken us this long to bring ourselves to the point where we're able to talk about the tournament and the final itself. I'm Alex Rex and joining me today are the usual suspects of Cully Matharu and Scott Williams. And today we're going to discuss the Euros itself, get into some details surrounding England's run to the final and subsequent penalty shootout defeat. We'll finish off by having a brief look at the transfer window so far and our own verdict on uh, who needs what and who's already moved. Let's start with the Euros and I, uh, you know how much I love a stat, I'm going to start with a few from the tournament and what made it so good. This tournament had the most goals ever in a European Championships, 142 goals, a goal every 32 minutes. Ronaldo broke records, first player to score in five European final tournaments in a row and also became the tournament's all-time leading goal scorer with 14. We saw the youngest player ever in a Euros match, Kozolowski, Kozolowski, I don't know, from Poland, 17 years and 246 days. But what we really cared about was Jude Bellingham became the youngest player ever to play in a knockout game at 18 years and four days. And Luke Shaw scored the fastest goal in a Euros final ever at 1 minute and 56 seconds. And it was probably one of the greatest moments I've ever had watching England play football. I want to start with you, Scott, your verdict on the tournament and what England's run has meant to you and the country.
1: Yes, yeah, so I thought the tournament as a whole was absolutely fantastic, actually. I watched—I would say I watched 95% of the games um, and I can't remember too many boring ones, or too many that didn't really have a lot riding on it. It's always a bit of a worry, this new Euros format, because, you know, it's... Pretty hard not to go through now, isn't it? Um, but the drama all the way to the end and um, some of the best players in the world really did produce on the highest stage. Um, England's run, run for me personally was fantastic. It's um, probably similar to every other England fan. You know, the, the last year that we've had, the heartbreak of 2018, to see us get to a final and get within a coin flip away of winning a major tournament since 1966 was incredible. Um, it, But for me as well, it meant I could see my mates and we had some great times together watching the games and it was just a bit of happiness that we've not really had for a year. And just, yeah, I'm so thankful the boys did so well. It's just a little bit sick at the end, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was really hard to take, but I uh, concur 100% in the experience of it bringing everyone together. Um, and I, I do, I do want to say that everything I have to say in terms of maybe negativity, in terms of a couple of things that happened, maybe within the final or maybe that have happened within the tournament, um, are really, really minor. Because overall, I think the experience of the tournament was amazing. Where we got to was phenomenal, and I think everything, pretty much, I think Southgate got everything right. In the whole tournament, bar maybe a few tactics in the Scotland game, if I'm being a little bit picky, you've got pretty much everything right in the whole tournament except for, well, maybe half a game and with a couple of decisions, and that's my own personal opinion on it. But I think the uh, I think the tournament itself was just was uh, was fantastic as a whole. Don't know what you thought, Cully.
2: I agree with you, mate. Um, the uh, the notion of being negative about the tournament shouldn't really happen. You've got to look at it as a glass half full that we've reached the final for first time in 50 odd years uh, you have to look at it as, as a positive. I do think there were some things in the final that he could have done better, obviously you know my opinions on Southgate. It, he has proved me wrong to an extent but I think he, he's got limitations. Um, I think when we scored the goal in the final we could have been a bit more attacking instead of just sit back on a lead. There was instances in the second half where the best players went off in terms of Chiesa uh, and a few of their midfielders that are their better players didn't have I, right back. was one of the players of the tournament. So I think we could have uh, taken, the, taken it by the scuff of the neck. But overall, a really good performance. Uh, Qatar is not made for us, unfortunately. So I don't think we'll be um, looking at winning that tournament. But uh, it, there's loads of positives. He's earned at least two more tournaments for me. Uh, Scott, I wanted to, uh, before we got into the
0: final a little bit more detail, maybe ask you a little bit more about what Southgate really got right in the tournament. And some of his decision making and tactics, etc.
1: Yes, Alfke is fantastic. I've banged on about how well he's been doing for many, many years, and one of the one of the minority that's always thought I just wanted to, you know, stick by him, and he and he showcased that again in this tournament. Is even even me? I would I'd say I'd love to have seen more of Jack Grealish at the beginning, but. He sticks by what he believes is the best. He's the right. We're not with these players day in and day out doing training, are we? Bloody hell. We see a clip on Sky Sports News and then we think we're geniuses. We're not geniuses, Mm. else we'll be England manager. Um, Mm. So he's the best person to get the tactics. I agree, Scotland potentially, but it was probably more of a must not lose game rather than a win. And in a larger outcome of the tournament, it didn't really make any difference. Um, if anything, it, it was potentially good things it highlighted actually, you know, where we've not done so well and we could tweak it, better than doing that than in a quarter final or semis Um what was the question, Al? I've gone off on a bit of a segue there. No, no, no. I think <laughs> yeah, we're gonna I think we're gonna do this throughout this whole section to yeah. be honest.
0: I think it's gonna be yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a one where we're gonna float around a lot, but more about what you got right.
1: Yeah, so yeah, tactics, bang on and the right players in in the right positions, as silly as that sounds, but he, he, he stuck with a core um, keepers, centre-backs when um, uh, obviously when Maguire became, came back into the team, he stuck with the two CDMs that did such a great job, uh, my boy Declan Rice and uh, hmm. Tom's biggest fan, Calvin uh, Phillips and he stuck with Harry Kane um, I think the only people half a brain cell that thought Harry Kane should be dropped at any point because he can just turn it on and he's a leader and as much as the real leader, according to some people, is Jonah Henderson. and um, he's the leader on the pitch, leading by example. And he came through in the end. So it's, he it's, it's just—it's just such a great, mellow, level-headed guy that's coin flip away. I keep saying it, it's a fifty-fifty coin flip away from. Oh, it's just been an absolute—you know—immortal, aren't they? But the, they'll go down as absolute legends. To be fair. Can
2: I just play devil's, devil's advocate with Harry Kane? I think he did have a good tournament after the first couple of games, but I I didn't see him in the final at all. Um, I didn't see him perform. I don't think he was he was and I don't know if his club situation is it was playing on his mind or anything like that. But yet again in a big game, I, I just don't see the best performance of Mario Götze in the Champions League final. I see it in the really big games for Spurs. Uh, I don't think he had the tournament everyone saying that he was fantastic I know he had finished was it joint top scorer or second joint Se- top, sec- second, second uh, top scorer well, second second top scorer or second joint I mean in the final I was really disappointed with him but I agree he had the majority of the tournament he was good but uh, in the final he was nowhere for me I, um,
0: I mean I, I know I take uh, got a bit of stick from the lads during the tournament about my opinion on Raheem Sterling but I, I felt relatively the, the same I thought Sterling was um, poor, poor in the first two games actually even though he scored the goal and then I think he played incredibly well against Germany definitely has gone up a hell of a lot in my estimation I think he played fantastic I think he played really well against Ukraine I think he had a very sterling performance against Denmark I think he was fantastic again in that game got very lucky with the penalty You know, give or take is it a pen is it not whatever 50-50 VIR couldn't clear enough obvious. Missed a couple of sitters but uh, and then in the final he just didn't show up in the biggest game, and I don't, I don't want to. That's always been your thing about Sterling, though, isn't it? In the big
2: games, he doesn't show. up
0: Yeah, and, and I just, I mean, I think he was, he's definitely gone up a lot in my estimation in terms of his performance in the tournament, but it does worry me a little bit with the with the front front two being Sterling and Kane in in that sense, and they've, they've, what's Kane ever won? Unfortunately, nothing. So it's. He hasn't got that winners mentality yet. Uh, it, it's ju- it's just it's just that it's just a, li- a little bit a little bit difficult I think at that point and then um, I, I, in terms of the penalties for the final I, I've I still have no idea why Sterling's not taking one. Uh, I know Southgate says he's picked the penalty takers but why is Sterling not doing better on the training ground as a senior player and stepping up at that moment? I, I people talked about Grealish, but he's no experience in a, in a major tournament. He has to take a pen. He said he wanted to take a penalty. Well, really really did. Uh, Sterling just said... said not, I, I didn't. I didn't get that. I was confused as to why Sterling didn't take it. He took a penalty and was it the FA Cup final? And and um, or, or was it the League Cup final? And he put it in the top corner. I didn't, I didn't understand that side of things. But um, in terms of what he got right, Scott, I want to go back onto that point before. We, we get into the the finer detail of, the, of the, maybe of the final. I completely agree. I think he got the tactics spot on, especially it's Germany. I think he was. I mean, the the, the way he picked that team was great. Um, the only player that underperformed in that game was Saka, and he was actually probably one of our best players in the whole tournament. Weirdly enough, he was amazing. Ukraine, we demolished a side at a major tournament. We destroyed them. Like that wasn't that was a mauling, and again, that was tactically um, astute. And the way that the players played was really well. And then in then in the Denmark game, I think, again, I think he got the tactics spot on. The goal was never a free kick. And that, that's probably the only game in the whole tournament where I think Pickford was not very good. I think he was really good in every other game. And I think he was not very good in the Denmark game. That was that was a bit random, really. Cause I think he was class. Um, the only thing about Sarkic, maybe he could have made the substitutions earlier in that game. But still... I get why he didn't because we were never losing that game in normal time, and then he could make the changes in extra time to win the game. So I, I get, I get that. Um, but yeah, you saw right
1: the, you, you saw the, ex- you saw the difference in extra time, didn't you? Yeah, we absolutely hammered him in extra time. we were so much better we with fresher. Mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. He's clearly got confidence in winning the game in 120 minutes. Yeah, know? I think there's a maybe, maybe a touch of that that. Um,
0: uh, rolled into the final and i'll 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 move on to that point so uh, and to, to have your verdict on the final first of all Col I know he's touched on it there a little bit but uh, what did you think of the of the
2: final itself um obviously cutting about the result i, I think we with the things with ka he's a very much a must not lose manager in certain situations i think if he took a little bit more risk in the 90 minutes we could have taken but again look it's, it's all well and good saying that in hindsight, isn't it? That we lost, we, it could have, the penalties could have gone a totally different way and we could be sitting there as European champions. He's got us the furthest we've got in 55 years, like we've said. So it's so hard to criticise him. If you do criticise him, people are saying, well, you know, he's achieved so much for us. The only thing I'd say as a small critique for him is he could have taken a bit more risk in that final, especially when, like I mentioned before, their best players came off in the second half. Chiesa came off with an injury, and their, their other midfielders, uh, I think they had to bring on Borello and Locatelli off the bench who weren't playing in the semi, so. Yeah, I think we could have done a little bit more in that semi-final. I, if we probably, oh, sorry, in the final, we probably scored a little bit too early, as well, to, <laughs> to like sit like against lead, Croatia again. <laughs> to, yeah, to sit <laughs> on a lead. Um, but again, look, it's hard to criticise. I mean, the man's, the man's done really well, hasn't it? The, uh, maybe the penalties? the penalties look it's a lottery um if saka really wanted to take one and the manager believes in it fine we all heard that really said he wanted to take a penalty that's the manager's call you have to live and die by these small decisions these are big decisions aren't they rashford is the right penalty taker takes them for united i think it just because he came on cold he, he, he missed the penalty because he had what five minutes in the last uh, bit of extra time and uh, Sancho, I've never seen take a penalty, but um, he's he's a good striker of a football. So why not? Uh, I agree with you with what you're saying about Sterling, but he's not a real great striker of a football. So I would have picked Sancho instead of him. Mm-hmm. for I'm is the probably only one that are people deliberating is a 19 year old kid. So why would you let a 19 year old kid in such a pressure moment over a Grealish, over a Sterling, over maybe, like a, maybe a John Stones as well, who was still on the pitches. I, I think could, yeah, could be. a good striker as, as well. well. Yeah. Um, weirdly, I think Pickford's a great striker of ball as well. So that would have been a, a left-field choice. But look, penalties are a lottery. I'm not going to criticise the manager for picking penalty takers. I
0: actually think the penalties overall, quality-wise, compared to what I've seen in some of the major finals, were poor yeah. uh, from, from everyone. I'm not talking about just England. I'm talking about like Italy as well. I think Pickford made an amazing save from Jorginho. That was a, a brilliant save. And then you say Bellotti's as well. Um, yeah, I, I felt like Rashford was really unlucky he sent on a Donnarumma the wrong way by keeping an eye on him and really took that lottery look out of taking a penalty. Like, he made it about skill. I'm going to send on a rumour the wrong way. I'm going to go the other direction. And they, I felt Sancho and Saka's penalties were just a coin flip. They were going one way. And if Donnarumma guessed the right way, he saved it. And if they went the other way, he didn't save it. I'd, when I was watching the penalties back, I just felt that Keynes was never being saved. Maguire's took a risk. What a penalty? <laughs> but he was he was about a foot away from everyone ripping him for bagging it over the bar, wasn't he? But he took a risk. But I, I just was I was disappointed in the quality of the last two two penalties. Um yeah, like you say though, it's if I'm disappointed a couple more of the senior players didn't step up to take them. But again, it's, it's, uh, it's the way it goes. And um, But on the on the point of the substitutions or the point of the game, we scored early and I think it was probably one of the best performances I've seen from an England team in 30 minutes. And then Italy got hold of the game and really dictated from the midfield. And I just felt like Southgate at that point, and, and if there's one criticism I'll say is is this point, he he could have looked at his bench at this point with the quality that he had on there and made a change to the system at that point where we were losing it in the centre of midfield and put another body in there. And then he made the change to put another body in there after we conceded. So he was a reactive manager rather than a proactive one. And actually, of all of the points, that's that's probably the only real criticism I'd have of him, that moment, that he didn't make a change early enough. That's the the key one thing for me um but let's be honest we lost to italy who are unbeaten in what 15 competitive uh, no they've won 15 competitive games in a row about unbeaten in 30 odd games they didn't even qualify for the 2018 world cup what mancini's done is absolutely unbelievable and he's taken a team of players who are from all sorts of clubs across italy with no egos and really banged them together and done really well um i don't know if you wanted to jump in on any points on this Scott before i move on to some quick fires
1: uh, I'll just quickly say, if he picks experienced players and they miss the penalty, what are the odds of everyone turning around going, well, why didn't he just pick the best penalty takers, the ones they're doing on, it would have happened, we'd have, if they'd have missed, we'd have just said that, and then would be sat here arguing about that, so it, it is what it is, and yeah, their goal was so lucky as well, let's not forget that, it was a ridiculous goal, and uh, yeah, it's just one of those things, unfortunately.
2: Well, when they walk out loud, so it's all good. <laughs> Sorry to, add, to pick up on that point Scott's made, actually. You look at previous penalty takers who've missed, missed in shootouts in the past in tournaments. Look at the names. They're all experienced players, most most of them. Gerrard, Lampard, Southgate, Carragher, Waddle, um, Stuart Pearce. All experienced players. So it doesn't matter who takes the penalty. If, you're, if the player is confident to take a penalty, let them take a penalty.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I, and, and, and to be fair I could say minor criticism and I think uh I think my my main person is, is... Sterling should have taken a penalty personally. That's my. That's just just an opinion. He's having the best tournament of his life. That's, but that's. We don't.
2: We don't know. He might have offered.
0: Well, this is this is it. Southgate took responsibility and leader of men and did it himself. And I think a lot of credit goes to Southgate there at that point for really taking it on the chin. And what an, a fantastic tournament and uh, and great great leadership it was. It really was. And uh, tried not to talk too negatively at that point about a couple of those points. But there's always the bits, isn't there? There's always those bits. So a couple of quick fire questions. Thirty seconds on each one, please, lads. Scott. Biggest team surprise of the tournament?
1: Um, negatively, French. I thought they'd absolutely walk it, and they. A lot of their players didn't turn up. Um, I'm positively. I'd go for the Danish. The way, obviously, they they the whole other story going on. Um, mm. So I thought the Danish and, and the Swiss, the Swiss, uh, the Swiss <laughs> team. Um, I, I, not only did they do well, and obviously not France out, they played some really attractive football. So,
0: yeah. yeah, Cully, I think Scott's taken your biggest disappointment, has he? The biggest disappointment team-wise? Yeah,
2: but a few notable mentions. I thought the Dutch were disappointing, getting knocked out to Czech Republic in a, a fashion where it was a bit of a damp squib, really, wasn't it, from them. I know they don't have Virgil. Um, we all miss it, I know. <laughs> 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 but uh, I know they did not have Virgil, but they should have done a lot better than, than they did. Uh, Germany, I thought, were, were poor as well. A really turgid team. Um, the likes of the, the players they've got as well, Sane, Werner, um, loads of young young players that they should have done better with. Um, yeah, but France is, is the correct answer. with di- the be t- disappointment. Right? Yeah,
0: so. it's an it's an absolute nonsense, isn't it? This this uh, Germany uh, are a team that are past it and over the hill and in and in transition. When you look at the Goretzka, Cruz, Gundogan, Sane, oh, yeah. Werner, Habert, I mean, it's just the biggest load of nonsense I've ever heard in my life. They've got a class team now. And actually, the managers should go because he's done a terrible job with them, in my opinion. Anyway, no wonder the Germans are in uproar.
1: Scott England's
0: best player of the tournament.
1: Um, I think a couple. I think Raheem. Um, he, he scored some unbelievably important goals at the right time for us, and really carried his goal scoringly through those first few games. Um, and 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 the guy you said him at the start of the show is broke a record. Luke Shaw. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a player. Yeah. Incredible. You uh, to mentioned Pickford as well. Cause I think he was class. Pickford's class. I've always backed Pickford. Another one. Um, I feel like <laughs> I have had a really good tournament personally for out of fact. Um, he didn't win Pickford, Yeah, it was, <laughs> was my it was my goalkeeper pick uh, for our squad, and yeah, he was brilliant. A couple of there was like one game. I think you mentioned a couple of shaky little kickouts, but he's, I think we've always said he can is a great shot stopper, um, and he's I just love his attitude. He's a whole attitude in that penalty two out that was just incredible it really got me going
2: I love my hands on one picture, by the way I thought he was outstanding so. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll
0: have to agree on that I think he was absolutely unbelievable by probably about 30 minutes in the Denmark game <laughs> I think he was unbelievable yeah. the entire tournament no one deserved the golden glove Cully rest of the tournament best player
2: um, take your pick of all the Italians, really, I think. No, oh, no, much. No, um, no, no. I know you don't hear it, but it's true, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, there's so many you can choose from. I think that Vlad Kieser is going to be an absolute superstar up front for them. Um, people like Benucci and Chile how long have they been around? About 50 years, isn't it, apparently? So. And they're still going strong, so solid. Uh, Spinazzolo at right back, I thought, before he got injured, was one of the players of the tournament. Along with Luke Shaw as a full back. Um, Dansgaard I mentioned from from Denmark I think he's a really really good little player I think he's only 21 years old I think he's going to have a great career player I'm going to go for is Donnarumma I thought he was sensational in pretty much all the games
0: Scary isn't it Donnarumma when you get to a penalty shootout and he's never lost one it's just he's unbelievable isn't he? um PSG you've got a very good keeper there on the that yeah. uh, Scott biggest disappointment player wise
1: Biggest him player-wise, um, yeah, sort of mentioned him I, uh, earlier. Mbappe, I thought was so quiet in that Paul French team. Mm-hmm. Um, just didn't didn't really get going the whole tournament, did he? Um, and Levin, Lewandowski, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I forgot even he was even in the tournament. I just got a couple of goals, but um, I really thought he would carry Poland um, potentially through to maybe a quarter quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those ones for me.
0: Yeah, I think uh, unfortunately Bruno has to be one for me as well, which is a bit of a shame for uh, on my side from a
2: more United point of view. Well, I think he... I wonder why was he on penalties? Very chance uh, he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't.
0: He went on penalties. What he did, had a disappointing tournament, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, Scott. Again, I'm going to uh, um, come to you. Uh, which England players have played their last major tournament for England? Do you think?
1: Well, not too many, because I think one of the big things was um, it was such a young. Um, young squad coming into it wasn't it mm-hmm. and the fact that we haven't got two years before the next tournament it's a year and a half now mm-hmm. isn't it yeah. um, so uh, pot- potentially a, a Jordan Henderson maybe um, but other than that I wouldn't be surprised if every single one of that squad's there for the next tournament if I'm completely honest just because they, they were young uh, there'll be a couple of surprises that will break through in the next season that's what we, that's what we love about football there'll be someone that we're talking about this time next year that we would have said if we were talking about them a year ago, we'd have been laughing. Um, you know, you never know, like if Lingard has a good run for United, he could be back in. So I wouldn't be surprised to see too many wholesale changes for the next World Cup.
0: Yeah, a few people mentioned Kyle Walker being his last tournament I thought he was unbelievable this tournament for I mean, First outstanding. first half against Croatia, terrible, and then he can't cross the yeah. ball. But other
1: than that, I think he played unbelievable. Versatile one. as well, you know, centre back, just, right back. This, there's yeah. a couple of points for Kyle Walker,
2: though. I think he's what early thirties now, and mm-hmm. the list of right backs we've got is a joke, isn't it's it? His vers- it's his versatility in it, right centre yeah, back. Yeah, so I think That's if, if he continues doing it, it'll probably be as that right centre back if we do play the five at the back. But um, yeah, the list of right backs is endless, isn't it? So. Yeah, Southgate, the right man or the wrong man to take us to the World Cup, colour and beyond, um, I think I've added my fair share of opinion on Southgate, so you can take this,
0: mate, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think he's definitely the right man to take us to the World Cup um, with this team, no doubt. I think that's that's clear. And then beyond, um, I, th- I, I I think I, for me personally, it, it's more a yes than a no, but I'm not I'm not a hundred percent on it. If I'm totally honest, um, I know Scott's definitely a yes on on that side.
1: Well, you're only as good as your last tournament, so it's, it's an impossible answer right now. Um, if we go bottom of the group, and you know what, it's probably time for him to go, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably he, he doesn't want to outstay his welcome. He's already said this, but uh, then I also don't care. Why don't we? Why don't we have an England manager for 15 years? Yeah. Why not? Like, let him progress. Like how much is progressing now? But I mean, it's just how he performs at the World Cup at the end of the day.
0: True. Um, getting a bit more serious now, and I didn't want to touch on this too, too for too long and for too much because there's been, uh, it's been done, and obviously it's quite sad cases. But Cully, I wanted to have your verdict on the racist abuse and the abuse given to the three lads that missed the penalties post the final.
2: Oh well, it's sickening, isn't it, mate? Um, it's boring, It's inhuman, which is what racism is. Um it's a little bit after the laws may show from the Prime Minister say that social media companies are going to get fined for if they don't take racist abuse off their, their sites um, like they do with all sorts of other things they take it off immediately but they don't take uh, racist abuse off quickly do they so um, mm-hmm. it, it's weird it, it's really weird I just hope the lads pick themselves up and hopefully show people on the pitch um, that you know they, they don't they don't care their opinions are, and their, their abuse won't, won't affect them in their careers um i hope but especially does that as a young 19 year old boy i know marcus and and jayden are too much older but he's he's a youngest lad and he's missed a penalty that may have been forced upon him you know i know like i said earlier that if players are confident but i i didn't feel comfortable having a 19 year old kid taking the penalty and mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's gutting it's for them to experience that obviously as a brown man I've experienced uh, racial abuse before but but um, yeah so, uh, yeah. I hope um, I hope they never have to experience it again
1: Yeah, um, I think I think for me one of the one of the most disappointing things is I sat there after the game you know numb um, you know just gutted and it's sad to me that in my head I was like Oh, bloody hell. I bet they're going to get racially, racially abused now. Because mm-hmm. that's been going on for the last couple of years. And it's so sad that that's, you know, a fault now that we're expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's disgusting. And we've already said it on this podcast months ago. Social media companies need to do more. It needs to be verification when you're signing up to this. There needs to be consequences, prison sentences, named and shamed, all the above. Yeah,
0: I completely agree with everything you've said there, lots, to be honest. Uh, yeah,
1: let's hope that uh, that
0: stops in rather than later. Scott, um the problems with security at the final and the action of the England fans, your take on that briefly.
1: Disgusted. I've I've spent I've spent weeks being the most proud Englishman I've I've ever felt this proud to be English. And I woke up, we were messing in our WhatsApp groups, like watching all the build up videos, I was like, well enough, I'm that proud to be English today. And then I'm looking at them scenes and looking at these thugs and he's absolutely disgraces, and i was ashamed to be english so how can i go from one extreme to another in the space of a few hours disgusting trying to get into these places and knocking people over and hurting people people getting stamped on and yeah it's the, it's the disgrace from the people it's the disgrace from us, and it was all about hosting the games afterwards not a chance we do not deserve to be hosting anything for a long time we're absolutely made an absolute disgrace and mockery of our own country yeah yeah, it was you,
0: mate. yeah, we've done done ourselves a massive disservice in terms of our world cup bid haven't we let's be honest uh, we're well, we'll never going there anyway well why don't you shoot <laughs> ourselves and we're well, not now we uh, we'd shoot ourselves in the foot thugs disgraces, a lot of them um moving now we've done our little little bit on there the serious bit let's go back to one final question scott world cup predictions team to watch and who wins
1: Oh, tough one. I mean, who wins is England? Um, yeah. So you, you just just watch the progress, don't you? Um, would you win? Now, backers, I know the conditions are going to be tough, but they're going to be in air-condition, whatever it is. So, yeah, why can't we win? Team to watch, oh, I've just got a feeling. Argentina, they've just won the, the Copa America. Messi, is it raining the stars a little bit? Um, I think they'll be obviously all right with the weather. I think they're the ones to keep an eye on Argentina.
0: Yeah, I, and and I completely agree with what you've just said. I was going to mention Argentina, the conditions, everything else, Copper America winners and everything else. Well, we've uh, gone a little bit longer than I expected to that on the England chat, but why not? Let's uh, let's keep the uh, keep the chat rolling. Uh, I wanted to hand over now to Cully to
2: uh, talk a little bit more about the uh, the Premier League in the upcoming season. Yeah, thanks, Al. Yeah, the Premier League is just two weeks away, and I for one are very much looking forward to its return especially with fans back in the stadium, will definitely benefit my club a lot. I'm sure it will yours as well, Al. Al, um, listen, I'm sure there's still lots of business still to do for Premier League teams, but one side that are enjoying a fantastic window so far is uh, your club, Manchester United. Um, I bet you're delighted with the business you've done. Is it enough already to challenge properly for a title this season, or do you need more? And if it is more, who is that going to be, Jay?
0: Uh, I'm really pleased with the transfer window, yeah, definitely. Sancho on the the right side of a front three is everything we needed. Obviously, we're going to go through Greenwood and Cavani through the middle now. Uh, Varane, we needed an experienced centre-half. Why not get one that's won four Champions Leagues in a World Cup uh, that Sir Alex wanted originally when we, uh, he moved to, uh, to Real Madrid? Uh, he's been scouted by United for years. Um, do I think we've got enough to win the league? Probably not. I think we are missing a Kante or a Fernandinho or a Fabinho. I think we're missing that sort of player in the team. Uh, uh, I know it sounds a a bit ridiculous, but I think it almost rests on the shoulders of Scott McTominay if we're going (laughs) to actually mount the challenge for the title. Because Mm -hmm. if he can become that guy, because he's shown the potential. If he can become that player, then he can can play Van der Beek and, and Bruno each side or Pogba and Bruno either side. Then... Actually, yeah, I think we can match a title challenge. But if we have to play McFred every big game, I don't think we're ever going to win the league or probably any trophy again this year, if I'm honest. Uh, so um, if we, we need a central midfielder. Um, but yeah, I think we've had a, had a great window, actually. And Pog was definitely running his contract down until next year and make a decision then, by the way. There's all this talk about him signing a new deal and go to PSG. PSG, I don't think, can afford him right now. And, um, and Pog was not signing himself up to a long term contract. So I think he's going to decide yeah. later on
2: that's a weird one because every couple of days there seems to be something new on Pogba about or oh, he will sign a new deal or then he won't sign a new deal or they're going to sell him for free next summer or they're going to cash in on him this summer so just make a decision I feel now and uh, if you're going to leave, let him leave take that 40-50 million and spend it on a Declan Rice or, or no. a no, well, that'll not be the, the price of Declan Rice, but it'll be probably half the yeah, price of definitely. Declan Rice.
0: Well the, the, the thing is with it though just on United really because I wanna talk about United loans but um the we've had no bids for him and we've made him a contract offer. So and but Pogba holds all the cards. Yeah. So it's over to Pogba and whatever he wants to do, I hope he decides this window. Because if he leaves for free next summer, that'll just be more annoying actually. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've got a strong opinion on Pogba, you know that. I, that yeah. I don't rate him uh, as much as other people do. But oh, we'll move on from United. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about Man City now. Um, Scott, they're strongly strongly linked with Jack Grealish. Uh, Rumours of they've put in a bid of £100 million today. Obviously a top, top player. Um, I'm struggling to see how he fits their side of play, though, in terms of the transition of the ball. He's more of a ball carrier, etc., do you think he would fit the city style of play, or is he just that good that he can fit into any? And does it mean if Grealish does move to Man City, the end of Raheem Sterling, who's been linked away? Yeah, I think
1: you've said it there. I think he's that good. He can he, he can fit in. Um, he's got, he's got one of the best managers in the world that can certainly uh, certainly mould him. I think I think City are a club like majority of the big clubs that. I'm scared of not moving forward with the signings. And I remember when they won the first trophy, they didn't really make much many changes. When they won the first Premier League, and then you know there was quite a fair few points off the next season. So it, it's always that worry. Um, yeah, I, I mean I think he's still obviously very young. Um, I, th- I think he can certainly fit in uh, with those players, especially his idol, his absolute idol, isn't it, Kevin De Bruyne? Mm-hmm. uh so i i think they can link really uh, really well up there up top um, i think sterling's a weird one because i think a lot of people would have said before the before the uh, tournament it's probably doing well to go to go away somewhere and you know freshen up a little bit but you know he had he had a very good uh, very good euros um and there's one team and one manager that really impressed me say the last few years about how he seems to keep all these players happy because they're just always fighting on four fronts. So the, he rotates a lot. So they actually do get a lot of game time. So I can see him staying, if I'm completely honest. Um, especially when, you know, they've not got an out-and-out. Well, they ain't not got Aguirre anymore. Um, so it just depends if they get Kane. If they get Kane, I can see him potentially leaving, potentially in a swap deal there. But, no, Grealish, excited. I feel a bit sorry for the Villa fans. We've got a good Villa fan that, you know, listens to the pod. Um, but you know, they can do a lot of that money can't they?
2: Well it's not done, he's been offered a new deal at Aston Villa but um, you feel the temptation of playing for Man City and with the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and uh, potentially Harry Kane would be a little bit too much for him to turn down. Um, Alex, uh, I'm going to talk about the, the relegation contenders now um, and do a bit more uh, of a season preview. Um, we saw a surprise last year in Sheffield United getting relegated after a, a barnstorming in first season. I think they finished, is it 9th or 10th or something? They finished first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you expect any surprises this season in terms of the relegation battle? And, and who are your, your favourites to go down?
0: Follow like your hinting at Leeds then.
2: Uh, no, never, <laughs> never. Leeds will be fine. Um, no, in terms of uh, the
0: obviously the promoted clubs, let's just say at Norwich, Watford, and Brentford are the classics. but. Um, the the ones that are probably a little bit more of a surprise, I think um, Burnley potentially, especially if Dwight McNeil goes, um, he's been linked strongly with was it Everton, a couple of other play, a couple of other teams, uh, Southampton obviously if Ings goes, and then Ward Prowse has had a bid put in for him from Villa, who they'll spend that money potentially on again. I think Southampton could be dragged into it. Um, Hasenhutl can't lose 9-0 every season surely <laughs> um, Bra- Brighton I think now they've lost Ben White one of their important defenders in the system that they play one of the versatile players as well who can cover for Basuma and they, they haven't signed someone who's going to score goals they've got Danny Welbeck who's constantly cropped I think he could, they could be dragged into it and then you've got the new managers at Palace and Wolves and um, if I'm going to make a call right now, I would say I think Burnley get dragged into it this season. I think this might be the writing-on-the-wall time, time. say that every day. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I haven't. I've never called that for them. I think this season could be the one, personally. Uh, and uh, if Brighton don't sign someone who can put the ball in the back of the net, um, I think they will be dragged into it as well. Uh, so, yeah, I will go with those two guys being the surprises in the relegation battle this season.
2: Alright, fair enough. Well, we'll see. There's still plenty of time, like I said, in the transfer window for The likes of Brighton to get a striker to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, Scott, a lot of people, pundits, fans, are pretty sure the top four is, is set in stone this season because of the strength of the top four teams that were in it last season. Manchester United, City, Chelsea, Liverpool. Is that the case in your opinion? Uh, and what do the likes of, say, you're chasing Pack, Leicester, Spurs, Arsenal, throw in West Ham? Uh, in there, to, what do they have to do with the market uh, and in the season to close the gap? And before you answer that, I'll actually go through the three teams I mentioned Arsenal, Leicester, and Spurs. That their chance of business so far Arsenal have bought in Ben White today for £50 million, uh, La Conga and Ta- Tavares. Uh, and Leicester have got Daka, Bertrand, and Sumari, who I like as a player, by the way. Spurs have got Hill and Golini so far. So Brian Gill. Uh,
1: yeah, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love Brian I think, I think that's his name. What great Spanish name. Yeah. Sorry, go has gone. <laughs> yeah, so well, yeah, I was just going to read those out as well, clearly, <laughs> but he saved me a job there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be incredibly hard. I think Spurs have, there's one reason that Spurs can crack out top four, it's the guy in charge. I think Nuno has proven himself to be an unbelievable manager um, at this level, and what he's done at uh, World speaks for itself. If he can get Kane and Son flying. They need a defender um, who's playing at the back. Um, Davinson Sanchez. So um, <laughs> I think they certainly needed centre back there. Uh, the boy Gil uh, looks like a, an excellent prospect. I think he got an unbelievable amount of assists last year for um, the team that went down. Ibar was it that went down? Leicester Dacre. Can he? He hits the ground running. Brilliant. Other than that. I can see them potentially just being top six again, um, top seven, and yeah, Arsenal Ben White, yeah, good signing, but just not really interest me that much. West Ham, won't what? But especially if they, uh, you know, have a decent little run in Europe, we have too much for them. I think for West Ham, nice little run in Europe, um, top ten, that'll be good for them this year.
2: Fair enough. Well, yeah, lots to look forward to, anticipating a uh, an exciting season for many reasons. It'll be great to see fans back especially Ellen Road. I'm sure Tom's going to listen to this uh, and he'll be at the first game. Uh, Ellen Road and uh, enjoy a great season with Leeds. Um, right, we're going to call it a day there, guys. Uh, a short and sweet podcast here to get back into the swing of things. Um, we'll be doing a much more in-depth preview into the new season with some League and Cup predictions in the next week or so, so look out for that. I'm sure Alex will be doing a I sort of preview on FPL selections and uh, the do's and don'ts at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So check those out on our social medias at uh, All In Football Pod on Instagram, All In Football P on Twitter. Thanks for listening as always. Thanks to the lads, uh, Alex especially for co-hosting. As always, great job, Scott. It's always uh, great to have you, mate. Uh, and we'll see you all soon. Thanks very much.